We are one, one body. It is not our choice. Our oneness is not an opinion. There are no options here. It is God's doing, not ours. There is only this one thing, one creation, one humanity, and we, we are all equally part of it. We are one, one body. We may not look alike. We may not hold the same beliefs. We may even oppose one another. Yet we do so as equals created and loved by God who dreamed and breathed each one of us into being. We are one, one body. May we live as one. Good morning, Stone Village. Happy Sunday. I hope that all of you are well and safe in this world. All is well in my world. The Lord be with you. And let us pray. Prepare us, O God, to hear your word through the scripture of this day. Confront us with your claim upon our lives. Clarify the choices we must make if our lives are to have meaning and purpose. Help us to respond to the one who came as the bread of life, so that we may know life at its fullest and at its very best. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The reading today is from Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. Let me sing for my beloved, my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judea judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed and it shall be overgrown with briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the people of Judea are his pleasant planting. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be. To God. Where is God when tragedy is our reality? Or when evil is perpetuated in the world? Why won't God heal the divisions in our country today? When will we have peace on earth? Why doesn't God do something about fill in the blank? We all know the heartbreak and disappointment and sorrow and frustration and anger behind those types of questions. I think they're the questions that many of us are living with today in light of, of everything that is, is happening in our world. We are not, however, the only ones asking those types of questions. We're not the only ones experiencing heartbreak, disappointment, sorrow, frustration, and anger about not getting what we expected. 
When I expected it to yield grapes, God says, why did it yield wild grapes? Isaiah describes how God dug a vineyard, cleared it of stones, and planted it with choice vines. Then God built a watchtower in the midst of the vineyard. And now God wants to know, what more was there to do for my vineyard that I had not done in it? God expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. God expected justice, but saw bloodshed. God expected righteousness, but heard a cry. God didn't get what God expected or wanted. How can that be? That God wouldn't or couldn't get what God expects or wants does not fit with many, most, of the images or concepts we have of who God is and how God is. Some of my earliest memories of prayer as a boy are asking God for a snow day <clears throat> or to let me stay up past 8 p.m. After all, God was, was all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. Letting me have a snow day or staying up past 8 p.m. should be easy for God. After all, as a boy, I believed that God was bigger, faster, and stronger than me or any person in this world. God was, to use a phrase from my childhood, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. <laughs> Maybe God was Superman for you too. Perhaps God still is. Later, a snow day and staying up past 8 p.m. was replaced by getting a good grade on a test or getting into grad school or fixing the problems in my life. And then somewhere along the way, God became a scorekeeper in the dispenser of rewards and punishments. You know, the God who is making a list, checking it twice, who's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Has that ever been your understanding of God? If God was Superman and Santa Claus, then it was easy to conclude that God was also like a Coke machine. All I had to do was put in the correct change, good behavior, right beliefs, a sincere and faithful prayer, make my selection, and I would get whatever I wanted, whatever I expected. I'm certain that you have lived with a God like that, too. When the Coke machine stole my money or gave me what I did not ask for, I was told that the man upstairs, and it was always a man, had a reason for everything, and that someday I would know and understand. God was like a puppeteer, planning my life and directing my every move. Have you ever lived with any of those as your image of God, or prayed to that kind of God? What other images or concepts of God have you had? And who is God for you today? As much as I sometimes still want to hang on to my old images and concepts of God, 
They never really matched my experience of God. And none of them describe the God we get in today's reading from Isaiah. God is heartbroken, disappointed, frustrated. So perhaps we need to reconsider our images and concepts of God. What if God is not Superman, Santa Claus, a Coke machine, definitely not the man upstairs, or the puppeteer in charge of your life? What if, without us, God is helpless and powerless to accomplish anything in the world today? What if every time we turn away from justice and love and forgiveness and compassion, we render God impotent, in and absent from the world? What if God cannot act or be realized in the world except through human actions? What if you and I are created and designed to give God existence in the world through our thoughts, our words, and our actions. Through our work, our voice, our compassion, our listening, our hope, our presence. Here's why I ask those questions. Isaiah describes two vineyards, the one God intends and envisions, and the one he gets and sees. There's a gap between those two vineyards, between what is and what could be. Where do you see that gap today in your life, in this community, in our country? And what is it asking of you? What would it take for you to close the gap? Every gap is a call an asking, an invitation from God. Every gap waits for us to step into it and fill it, to show up. We are the ones to step into the gap between what is and what could be, between what God has planted and what God expects, between the world as it is and the world as God sees it. Unless there is a response on our part Nothing happens. So you see, it's on us. Superman is not going to do it. Santa Claus is not going to bring it. And the Coke machine is not going to dispense it. That's our work. That's our participation in the divine life which is nothing less than giving God existence here and now in the midst of the world's pain and sorrow. What more was there to do for my vineyard, God asked, that I have not done in it? The answer? Nothing. There is nothing more for God to do. Now it's our turn to step up, to speak out, to fill the gap, and make God real in the world 
today. I wonder how you and I will do it. Thanks be to God. Amen. I give thanks to God for each of you, and I pray this day you bear witness to the love of God in this world. Bear witness to the love of God in this world, so those to whom love is a stranger will find in you a generous and loving friend. In the name of Christ Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. Have a wonderful day, stoners. I love you, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Bye.